Welcome to this podcast recorded on the 27th of June for ESMO Open Cancer Horizons. My name is Teresa Amaral and today I'm interviewing Professor Joseph Tabernero on the topic Biosimilars in Oncology. Dear Professor Tabernero, thank you for taking your time to record this podcast for ESMO Open Cancer Horizons. My pleasure. Thank you. So we will start with the first question, that is, what are biosimilars and how can we distinguish them from generics? Well, um, biosimilars are similar compounds of, uh, of, uh, of original biologics, and, and this is really very important that uh, it's well uh, recognized uh, um, by the members and the prescribing physicians as well as the other stakeholders. When we talk about uh, biological products that are, ma uh, are made by, by living cells, we have to realize that um, uh, even with uh, the originator drugs, uh, not all uh, the different lodges of the, of the drug are the same. So, for example, uh, when we talk about uh, one original drug like uh, bevacizumab or trastuzumab or tetuzumab, depending on, on the time that the monoclonal antibody has been produced and even the country or the conditions where the, the monoclonal antibody has been produced, there are always some changes in the, in the polysaccharides or oligosaccharides that are uh, incorporated to the molecules um, in the process of, of production. This means that um, there is always some kind of uh, difference between uh, one batch of, uh, bio, uh, of uh, biological uh, monoclonal antibodies and, and another, uh, and in considering the original drug. So this is the kind of difference that a biosimilar can have uh, from uh, the original uh, drug. But this is really very small and never related to the mechanism of action. Because uh, these uh, oligosaccharides are never um, uh, incorporated uh, in the FAV uh, domain of the antibody or, or either in the FC uh, domain of the antibody. And this is really very important to understand. So um, uh, my message is that uh, we have to build uh, confidence uh, to prescribe uh, biosimilars and understanding all the aspects um, from these compounds that are really uh, very important uh, to be incorporated uh, in our practice uh, because uh, by this way we may be able to increase access to biological therapies and also to contribute to sustainability of our health systems. Very well, then we'll go with the second question. How are biosimilars tested before they enter the market? How is their efficacy proven? Well, uh, basically, when we talk about biosimilars, uh, there is a, a, a very important process of uh, preclinical and clinical development. And this is well established by the regulatory authorities, including EMA and FDA. And we have to realize that uh, both regulatory authorities, uh, even others, have uh, done uh, a tremendous work into, in, in defining which are the standards for development of these compounds. So we have to realize that uh, for a biosimilar, first of all, we have pharmaceutical quality studies. Then we have comparative analytical functional studies and studies about uh, comparative uh, non-clinical tests as well. And then we have the clinical studies. The clinical studies uh, obviously are more limited um, compared to those of the reference drug because usually it's, uh, it's uh, for registration only it's need one study in a sensitive patient population that is discussed with the regulatory authorities and also in the in the sensitivity of the endpoints uh, endpoints used um, 
for um, uh, defining uh, this uh, registration study. But again, uh, all the information that we have on all the preclinical studies and then the toxicology immunogenicity studies in the clinical setting clearly defines uh, uh, the quality of the compound and the activity of the compound. It's also very important that uh, we know that there is a, a very extensive pharmacovigilance plan in all these compounds. Are there any additional side effects to be considered when using a biosimilar compared to the original? Obviously, the compounds are, are very similar. If anything different comes, it may be related to immunogenicity um, because of uh, the comment that I mentioned before about the oligosaccharides that may be a little bit different. But this also happens with the reference drug. So by, in different batches of the reference drug, we can always... Uh, anticipate that uh, maybe some uh, minor safety uh, events related to immunogenicity. They are very low, but this is something that uh, we could always see even with the reference drug. So that's why it's really very important to have a well-defined pharmacovigilance plan uh, for um, all these uh, biosimilar compounds. In your ESMO article, you mentioned that in the European Union, interchangeability of medicines is linked to their substitution, which is a member state competence. What are, in your opinion, the implications, if any, of this aspect in the future? I think that it's really very important to understand the different uh, uh, names uh, of processes that are related to biosimilars. We have talked about the la uh, labeling. Uh, um, for the registration of the product. It's very important also to understand that there is a process of extrapolation, uh, understanding that uh, the activity of uh, one compound in one disease can be extrapolated to other diseases, but then we have um, other concepts that are really very important. Uh, extrapolation, for example, um, in different indications, extrapolation may be acceptable if there is enough relevant data of safety and efficacy of the biosimilar in the, in the, in the studies that have been designed. But also we face with a situation that uh, we may have switching. And switching means uh, changing the reference product for the biosimilar or a biosimilar for a reference product or even a biosimilar number one for a biosimilar number two or number three. And uh, at the end, what ESMO um, uh, has supported in this uh, article is that physicians are responsible for the act of prescribing medicines. And patients should be thoroughly and continuously informed about these patients and, and obviously uh, closely monitored. And that's why, uh, uh, in our view, automatic substitution should be avoided. And especially because, as you mentioned, there are, uh, this is a member state competence uh, within, uh, within the European Union. But we are also uh, doing our activities uh, in, a, in a worldwide context. So it's not only related to the competence of the member states of, uh, of the European Union. And at the end, in looking at the experience uh, in other areas of, uh, of diseases, like, for example, inflammatory uh, diseases, like uh, inflammatory bowel diseases, when we have observed uh, strong collaboration between all the stakeholders that are in the, in, 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 in the field of biosimilars, and there is confidence um, within all the stakeholders, uh, there is a situation where we see the best uptake um, uh, of biosimilars in, in conventional practice. And as mentioned before, this is always uh, something that it's uh, very important uh, to increase access of uh, these biologic therapies and contribute to sustainability uh, in our health systems.
So finally, I would like to ask you if you expect a uh, high patients and physicians acceptance regarding biosimilars. Absolutely, yes. Uh, but what is uh, really very important here is to build uh, this confidence from the early beginning. So before biosimilars are introduced in practice, I think that it is very important to have uh, this education and discussion process, um, especially uh, with uh, with the patients, uh, with the prescribers, the clinicians, but also the pharmacies, the nurses. The nurses are very important because they are uh, the experts and professionals that are going to be following up uh, more closely the patients. Patients are going to be asking questions to the nurses about biosimilars, and therefore it's really very important that they are involved. And also we have the support of um, important authorities, at least in Europe, and this is uh, the, uh, the report on the European Commission, uh, and the uh, EMA, the European Medicine, Medicines Agency. And in fact, ESMO, our society, has been uh, working very closely both with the EU Commission and EMA in order to increase uh, the confidence uh, of biosimilars in the area of oncology. So thank you very much, Professor Tabernero, for this amazing uh, talk on the biosimilars. I, I'm sure that my colleagues will also find it very interesting and I'm looking forward to having their feedback. Thank you very much.